0: Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and you're listening to Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, a podcast all about giving you simple and sustainable strategies to help you live your happiest and healthiest life. In today's podcast, I talk to Dr. Shamini Jan, a clinical psychologist, neuroscientist and social entrepreneur, about the science behind the mind-brain-body connection, the biofield and how an understanding of this can help us understand the impact of trauma and life on us and how to heal this. We also discuss the placebo effect and so much more. Before we begin, I want to remind you that you can listen to my podcast exclusive ad-free content on Patreon plus bonus content and Q&As. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Dr. Caroline Leaf for more information. We'll put the link in details in the show notes. And as always, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Please always consult with your personal physician or appropriate medical personnel for medical issues. And now, on to today's podcast. Before we dive into today's podcast, I want to tell you about an exciting new project, one many of you have been asking for, which is now open for enrollment, my NeuroCycle Certified Facilitator Programme. This program is a four-day in-person training with me where you'll learn all the fundamentals of my theory and the neurocycle so you can use these strategies with your clients and elevate your coaching business or private practice. Our first training is this August 4th through 7th and takes place in Dallas, Texas. When you become a certified facilitator, you'll join our exclusive directory which goes out to hundreds of thousands of people looking for extra help with their mental health. This means that finding clients will become even easier and you'll become part of our private network of facilitators where you can meet and connect with like-minded individuals, get help and have access to many great resources. Spots are extremely limited and already filling up. So if you're interested, go to neurocycleinstitute.com for more details and register for our first training. The link and details will be in the show notes. Welcome Dr. Shamani Jan. I am so excited to interview you because we talk the same language. I love what you do. Your TED talk was just like everything you're saying. Yes, 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 I agree. And every time I you know, listen to you and just look at what you do, it's fantastic. So thank you for your work. It's amazing. And welcome to my podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation.
0: So am I, because this is essential to help people understand the mind-brain-body connection, which is what I talk about so much on this podcast and my research and all that kind of thing. So, and you, are this is your field, you're an absolute expert and you have a fantastic way of explaining everything in great terms. And you've got a wonderful new book. Can you mind holding it up? Healing oh, yeah. Ourselves, the Biofield Science and the Future of Health, which is wonderful. So we're going to talk about what is the biofield and, you know, what does it mean to heal yourself and how does that pair with how getting help from others and the placebo effect and, things like neuroplasticity and all these kinds of things. So before we begin, I've done your bio already, people have heard a little bit, but it's always nice to hear from you a little bit about how you got to where you, why do you do what you do, what what drives you, what motivates you.
1: You bet, Caroline. I appreciate the question. Well, I think a lot of us will resonate with this. The reason why I'm so excited about this area of the biofield is because I think it's bringing light to our understanding of how deeply we're interconnected and how that interconnection can heal us. And, and it's very real, you know. So we're exploring all of these ways that we have thought of you know our spiritual natures our emotional natures even as being disconnected from the physical body and and even physical aspects of healing and the science yes. is uncovering how deeply interconnected first of all we are that my mind my emotions even my connection to something that I would consider to be greater than myself, whatever it is that we call that, it's a profound influence on our health. And so in our field, we talk about whole person health. And and really what that means is that what we're uncovering with science is that it's not just what I eat and how I exercise. That's very important, of course. but relationships, my relationship with, you know, with my own spirit has a huge influence in my healing and even potentially the healing of others. So for me, being raised and born here in the United States, in the deep South, from South Carolina, and being surrounded by Baptist Christian friends, I would have lots of really great talks with them about the nature of reality that they thought, you know, and how did they see divinity and how did they see, you know, their relationship with divinity as having a role in their life. And I would share from our perspective of the Jan tradition what that was like. So there was a lot of sharing going on. But then when I went to school and went to some of the best universities in the country, you know, Ivy Leagues, I realized, oh, we don't talk about spirituality or sometimes even emotions with their effect on health. And so there's this huge disconnect where... No, we know that people have profound experiences, you know, we may call them non-ordinary, extraordinary, spiritual, whatever the terms are that we use, things that we don't generally describe by science. And yet, you know, when we look at the fields like spontaneous remission and other things, we realize that these things are happening and we don't really have a strong scientific framework for us to understand. So, you know, for me, it's very personal. I know like you, I'm a clinician. So if I see something that's supposedly called miraculous healing, like the healing of Mira, which I talk about in my book, you know, essentially, you know, a child who is two years old diagnosed with a brain tumor who all of a sudden has a quote spontaneous remission from working with a distant healer. Now that seems really out there, right? It's like, how, how could that possibly work? And yet we know that there are literally thousands of cases like these, right? Thousands. So as a clinician, And a scientist. I think it's really important that we stop ignoring these or just calling them miracles. Yes, it's a beautiful miracle. We can study miracles. We can understand the power of our own healing potential by looking at things like the biofield. Instead of dismissing this as if it doesn't exist, we look at the data and then we begin to see how could we potentially replicate these so-called miracles. So that's really what drives me. You know, we just, we have a broken healthcare system, as you know. I hate to say it like that tremendous respect for all of our physicians, our nurses, everyone that is out there, especially now, you know, coming through the pandemic, what they have done, what they have gone through is just tremendous. And we want to make sure that we're arming them with all the best resources so that they can facilitate healing in others. So, you have a lot of passion for this because I think like you, I see that there's a lot of unneeded suffering going on. And I think when we Look at these holistic practices scientifically. We're really uncovering some of what has been known for you know literally millennia and putting it in a language of science where we can start exploring. Well, should we prescribe yoga for chronic low back pain? For example, that's going on right now here in the US. You know, it's actually recommended by the American Colleges of Physicians. Why? Because we've actually done research around it, that meditation, other holistic practices. So it's it's really exciting because, you know, again, it, it just really points to our own personal power, our agency. Yes, we need to seek outside help for our conditions sometimes, and there's no shame in that. It's a beautiful thing to do. And there there's a tremendous resource, a wellspring of healing within us that we can also tap into.
0: Finding and in booking a doctor who's right for you doesn't need to be a terrible experience. Will they take your insurance, understand your mental and physical needs or be available when you can see them? With ZocDoc, the answer can be a refreshingly stress-free yes. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, takes your insurance and are available when you need them. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a doctor. I have used the app to book doctor's appointments, dental checkups you name it. It has been so great, especially when I visit a new town or city and I need to find an appointment. It is so easy to read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews, and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. For ZocDoc, you know that when you walk into the doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who really gets you. All you have to do is go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time and slot whenever you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, and just like that, you're booked. It's so easy to find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Leaf and download the Zocdoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. It's zocdoc.com slash leaf. Zocdoc.com slash leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. I absolutely love every word that you've said so beautifully, and thank you for saying that. And it makes me so, it makes me so I'm sitting here calmly, but inside I'm like, fired up because this I totally agree there's just so much that we that is ancient anciently and ancient but is in science and is now being expressed more all the time in, in scientific ways and you're doing research I've been doing research for 38 years in this field and you know I laughed because when I listened to your TED talk you made a comment about how back in the back as you obviously were meaning the 80s because that's when I was also studying and we were told that the brain couldn't change and you make you talk about that and that, you know, that happened to me in one of my lectures with a neurology neuroscience professor saying the brain can't change. And the, and, and literally I said, but that can't be true. We're different all the time. And, and that professor said, that's a ridiculous question, which I actually did a TED talk on. So I really resonated with your TED talk. And they said, OK, well, go research it. I said, absolutely. And that got me going with my research. And I said to that professor, what's the most difficult area that, that you think this is impossible to prove? That our brain can change and our, and our mind is doing the work and our spirit and that kind of thing. And he said, we'll go work with traumatic brain injury because there's hardly any research on it because we just don't think that it's even worth researching. You know, and I say all this to say that I did, and thirty eight years later I'm still even more excited, as passionate as you, because I saw thirty five to seventy five percent healing and cognitive, social, emotional, spiritual functioning of people going from so-called vegetables to fully functioning degreed, contributing incredible human beings, and not just once thousands of times, hundreds of times on my own in my own practice and then training other people. So I'm as passionate as you. This is very real. There's so many areas. So I'd love to dive into how you feel that we should bring, you know, the best of West and the best of East. It's not this black and white thinking that there is contribution from both sides. And you know, this this crazy thinking that we've got to split and one is better than the other. There's a blend of knowledge that we can bring to the table and, and you're a big proponent of that. So I thought let's start there. But right before that, can you define the biofield? Because not everyone is familiar with that term. And then if you could just maybe talk a little bit about the East-West combination of medicine.
1: You bet. We can link those things together. So in short, the biofield is a term that Western scientists are using to help explain our bioelectromagnetic nature. Okay, and this is very real. We'll go over this. But we define it, you know, the the more scientific way of defining it, which was coined at the National Institutes of Health actually about two decades ago, maybe three almost now, was a massless field, not necessarily electromagnetic always, that guides the homeodynamic functioning of a living organism. Now, that's all science speak. Let's unpack that a little bit. Just basics, which is... We're talking about fields of energy and information that guide our health. Now, that might sound kind of woo, but it's actually not. For example, we know that we can measure the EKG, you know, the electrocardiogram or the EEG tells us something about our brain and our heart for our health, we can measure magnetic fields off of the body using magnetoencephalograms and even magnetic sensors off of the body, not just the brain. And that is, you know, we're doing research like that now. Many people in Europe are starting to explore, for example, shifts in magnetic field in response to potentially emotions. So these aren't controversial. These are measurable ways. There's a whole industry if you will of what's called electroceuticals where we're putting known amounts of energy into the body using things like pulsed electromagnetic field stimulation even you know the non-invasive brain stimulation work which you may be familiar with like transcranial magnetic stimulation what's going on there we're not using drugs we're using known amounts of energy to see if we can actually stimulate the physiology in some way so that's part of the biofield and, you know, I could go on. There's just, just to, just the other day, I was just discovering actually in Australia, some researchers that found that we can actually use sound waves. This is actually sound waves, measurable sound waves to stimulate the differentiation of stem cells into bone cells. Okay. So this is. All part of biofield science. And then there's this whole other aspect of biofield science, which has been known in indigenous medical systems for thousands of years, which involve things that we call prana, chi, qi, qi, universal energy. Very difficult to measure directly. We have measured emanations and reverberations of those kinds of practices. And that's so-called, you know, what we call energy for lack of a better term. But this is sort of important because it's a really key area of the biofield as well. And so when we study things like Qigong, yoga, and even energy healing, which I focus on a bit in my book, I focus on all those practices, as you know. It's really, when we study things like what we've been calling in the West energy healing, which we now call biofield healing, we're talking about things like modern practices, like Reiki, healing touch, external Qigong, you know, but these have been practices for thousands of years that have spiritual origins, like laying on of hands, which I've done a randomized placebo-controlled trial on. That's also part of the biofield. And then the key question there is, what did these ancient traditions know about this biofield and these more subtle aspects of energy and information for healing? And so to your point of saying, you know, do we have to choose? Do we have to choose Western versus Eastern? Absolutely not. This is the time, as you know, that we're going past dualism and duality. Us versus them thinking, oh, if I'm getting a vaccine, then I'm anti-holistic medicine. Or if I don't believe in a vaccine, that means I'm anti-vax. And, you know, all that nonsense, right? So we're going well beyond that and saying we're going to look at the whole person. We're going to look at these different ways of describing What's going on in the healing process? So, whether we're looking at metabolomics or we're looking, for example, at pulse and tongue diagnosis, okay, as an example, those are both looking at phenotype, right? They're looking at the expression of proteins and metabolites in the body. They're just different ways of approaching the same interconnected system. That we are. And this is what I love, is when we start looking at where system science is going in Western science, and we look at these ancient traditions of Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, that were fundamentally based on understanding the flow of energy in the body, the biofield, right? so. You know they're they're actually way more similar than different. So we have to move past that you know rhetoric or whatever we've been force-fed that thinks we have to choose either holistic, you know holistic practices or allopathy. We could actually use them both. and there's room for every approach, really.
0: I love that And, you know honestly I, I, once again you just saying every single thing that I absolutely one hundred percent agree with. And just to orient my listeners, listeners, that have been following me for a while, I, people, I talk about a lot about the mind-brain duality, not duality, the mind-brain-body connection, how the mind is embodied in the brain and the body and shows up and well, so they're very familiar with that speak and I get, I always explain the mind as being, I use, use QEG in my research. I said, you know, if it, someone's dead, you, there's no response on a QEG, there's no response on an EKG. So when you mention those two, I know immediately people were listening because the mind is this energy field and then, you know, we've got quantum physics, which is a, hardcore phenomenal scientific way of understanding and to and if someone's die if someone dies that goes out of the person's body we don't have a response on the q e g and so on so that that energy field is nothing woo woo it's hardcore classic and quantum physics with all kinds of scientific studies and that to the biofield is hardcore science and it's so science is spirituality i mean this is i think the the, you know what you also say a lot is that science is, is spirit they're not in opposition, they are a blend, two sides of the same coin. So, yeah, I love what you're saying. So, this is—I just wanted to orientate my listeners back into what they've heard me say. And the biofield is, is the accurate, you know, accurate scientific way of describing this, or the most up-to-date way of, of, of describing this. So, I love how you say that and explain that in your fear, in your in your book, and how you've just done that. And how we must take the best of both worlds, you know, the East and West. This black and white thinking in in society today that's so dominant needs to change. So thank you for saying that. So let's take this a little deeper and maybe talk a little bit about the placebo effect because people hear about that and you just have a brilliant way of explaining it. So I'd love you to dive in there because I think it really links into what you're talking about.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'd I'd love to. You know, I am so fascinated by placebo and have done so much of my own study in this that I devoted a whole chapter of it in my book. And I call it placebo equals heal, which is holistic... Elements, holistic elements that activate life force. Now, for some folks, life force is not you know a, a term that they're familiar with. So we can also say holistic elements that activate you know salutogenesis or the process of healing. So what do we mean by that? Well, here's what we know from placebo. Well, you know, first of all the history of placebo is one where it was actually developed in the with the idea that it's just to please the patient, not to cure them or to fix them in any way, but just to settle them down. And, And you know, I talk in the book about the whole history of it. It's really fascinating. What's interesting is they, you know, the old thinking of placebo was I'm going to give you a pill or some kind of external thing and I'm going to tell you that it's working. I'm almost going to trick you into thinking that it's working, right? I'm going to tell you that it's a drug even though it's not. And you're going to just sort of be, your anxiety is going to be reduced and so therefore you're going to feel better just from that. So now, of course, we know so much more about the mind-body connection that here's the truth about what we know about placebo. So-called placebo effects happen in every healing encounter. They happen with drugs, they happen with surgery, and they happen in holistic medicine. And I detail a lot of the research in that in my book. You know, my book is heavily referenced with about 700 peer-reviewed published scientific references across the board. So I love sharing data. It's really fun for me. So we know that these so-called placebo effects happen in every therapeutic encounter and that they're meaningful. They're not just to quell our anxiety, which, of course, has an effect, but it's beyond that. It's so deep. We can see placebo effects down to neural firing levels in patients with Parkinson's, where when people with Parkinson's placebo, their brain will actually shift in its neural firing in a way that's commensurate with reducing motor symptoms. Okay. So it's very meaningful we see that it's multiple brain pathways. It's not just like we have one placebo brain pathway, but it's also based on what we call conditioning. Just give you a quick example, you know, by some wonderful work that's been done by Fabrizio Benedetti and Luana Coloca. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar
0: research. with the work, yeah.
1: yeah, they're amazing. You know, their work in placebo analgesia or, you know, basically reductions of pain through placebo mechanisms showed us that, Let's say we have chronic pain and we were used to taking a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory or an NSAID for that pain. That was what our body was used to. If we were then given a placebo instead, our bodies would respond by using the same pathways that they would if we took that NSAID drug. But if we were used to taking opioid drugs for our pain... And we were given a placebo, then our bodies would follow the opioid pathway. And of course, we know that there are endogenous that is within the body, endocannabinoid and endo, you know, other opioid pathways within the body. So what's interesting is first, we have these natural pathways in our body that respond to the placebo response. Second, it really depends on our conditioning. So then we might say, well, wait a minute. Okay. So if placebo effects are in everything, what exactly comprises, you know, what we call placebo effect? Like, what is it made of? And as you, I know, probably know, Caroline, there are many different facets of what we call placebo effects, what I call holistic elements that activate the healing response. What are those? Turns out we can learn about those and use those in our everyday life to up level our healing. And I do that actually in my book. The third part of my book I want to tell people is all practical. So, you know, the first two parts are very philosophy, science, philosophy and understanding understanding of consciousness and the biofield the evidence behind things like mind body therapies placebo energy healing but then the third book it part of the book is how do we take all this beautiful knowledge and apply it to ourselves for every day? that's really important for us to do it's vital actually so it turns out that there are specific elements of placebo that we can use. One is expectation. And this is exactly what it sounds like, right? It's literally my conscious mind thinking, wow, well, okay, I expect that I'm going to get better from this from this massage, from this holistic treatment, from my visit with the doctor and the medication I'm being used, whatever that is. Our conscious mind expectation, huge. It's what most of us think about when we think about placebo effect. But then there's conditioning, That's both a subconscious and a conscious process, right? That has to do with, let's say I've had a massage before and it was so relaxing. My body went into a parasympathetic, you know, kind of rest and digest state. My body relaxed. I went into a healing response. Well, chances are the next time I lay down on that massage table for the second, third time, my body's going to automatically go into that rest and digest state. It's a conditioned, learned response, right? That's part of the placebo effect. But then there's relationship, huge. There have been studies, for example, where doctors, where they've basically asked doctors to manipulate how they interact with a patient. And it turns out that if your doctor is super friendly to you and nurturing and sort of loving, you will have more risk of recovering from the common cold than you will if they're either neutral or a little bit negative. And so these are, you know, controlled studies. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, I know. They, it's amazing. Relationship plays a huge role.
1: How much do I believe in my doctor? How much does my doctor believe in me? How much does my doctor feel like I'm going to get better? Has a huge impact all the way down to our immunity. And then finally, there's Ritual which creates meaning and context for us. And again, we see ritual in every encounter. We're aware of, you know, the shamanic and deep indigenous traditions where we would set the stage, you know. For example, beautiful native traditions where, you know, there's tobacco, there's leaves, there's chanting, there's praying. Why do we do that? To open the spirit to healing. And often, you know, from the spiritual level, it's to open and ask for support and guidance from ancestors or, you know, spiritual support that we may have, right? So... Those rituals. But hey, when we go to the doctor and we check into the receptionist and we get our weight checked and our blood pressure and the doctor comes in with a white coat, that's a ritual. We're training the body mind to receive a particular, you know, healing encounter. So it turns out all of these things have powerful effects. They're called placebo effects, but they're really much deeper. They're essential healing elements. And when we integrate those into our lives by setting our own healing intentions and rituals, which I give a guide for in my book, very easy for us to do. You don't even have to have any prior experience. You don't have to have know anything about a particular meditation technique or anything to do this. You simply create a space in your home or your office to come to And engage in a healing ritual. And you can do this for even 15 minutes a day. I've had people write me and say, you know, I followed your advice. Following this healing ritual sent me beautiful little pictures of just a corner of their office that they set, you know, for a sacred space and time. And it makes a huge difference. And why? Because we're readying the body-mind for a healing response. We're working whole person, body, mind, and spirit to allow our bodies to do what they naturally do, our body's minds, which is to heal itself.
0: You explained that so beautifully. Well done. That was fantastic. And, you know, it is clearly laid out in your book. And I'm excited that you also go into the practical application because before we dive there, though, I just think that you would you like to just dive a little bit deeper around maybe the, the whole mind-brain-body connection in terms of the self-healing, and in terms of how self-healing also incorporates reaching out to others. Sometimes we need support when we're in that healing phase, because I know there's a lot around, and we discussed this just before we started talking, a taping, and that there's a lot of guilt that can come onto a person when you hear these things. You know, the confusion of things like the secrets and, you know, the current wellness movement, all well-intentioned, but can make a person feel like, well, if you didn't do those things, and it's not you didn't do them properly. It's not working for you. It's something wrong with you. You did something wrong. So there's a lot of moralizing of, you know, quick fixes for self-help and that kind of thing where self-help can go a little bit wrong. And then also the whole thing of, you know, the, the, implying that if you don't go and get help, you know, I mean, if you get help, then you're weak and, you know, you can yeah. do this. So there's there's got to be a balance. And I talk a lot about that on my show, but you do too in terms of your, I've listened to you and, and heard you talk about this. I'd love to just to get your take on how we as humans should see self-healing in context and what does that really, you know, what does that look like and getting help from others and so on?
1: It's such a beautiful question, Caroline, and, and I'd love to address that first and I'll share kind of some reflections with healing practitioners that I talk to, these energy healers who can help facilitate tremendous things for people. First, as I mentioned before, when we study the biofield, what's so exciting about it is it helps us understand how deeply our healing connection with ourselves and with others, how vital that is for ourselves, for the flourishing of ourselves and our planet, right? So it is ultimately all about connection. The second thing I want to share about this is that nearly every healer that I have talked to across healing traditions, Across different traditions, you know, they may see the energy field differently or feel it differently, but they all tell me the same thing. First of all, a lot of them say, "Shamani, I'm not the healer. They don't even like the term. <laughs> a lot of them don't want to be called healers. And they, they, people have to understand, I am a healing facilitator. All I am doing is helping facilitate a connection between that person that I'm working with and their spirit. OK, mm, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they say it is when they connect with their spirit, their higher guidance, their larger sense of self beyond the conditioned mind, beyond everything that we have been sort of put onto us when I facilitate that connection in someone then their healing response begins and so they're really doing the healing so when we listen to this part of us might say well if i'm really doing the healing then i should be able to think my way out of this you know i should be able to do it on my own i'm just not practicing yoga properly i'm not, you know so the mind will go in all these places From the spiritual perspective, it's a very interesting thing, you know, being human, because from that perspective, we're spiritual beings having this beautiful human embodied experience. And part of that means that we have life experiences. We all have some traumas to some degree. We have life experiences that impact us. We're born in certain families, a certain socioeconomic status, diet, everything.
0: Okay, All these things play into it, yeah
1: everything affects us. And what's beautiful is we don't even have to figure it all out. But sometimes we get stuck. You know, it happens to all of us. And so what's so beautiful is when we work with the biofield and we seek help, right? And we say, well, I don't have to be an expert in everything. I can't think my way out of this because I'm in my conditioned mind. I'm in my conditioned self. Most of us live there, right? That's part of being human. We we live from the of our experience. So when we go get help from a healing facilitator, whether that is a psychotherapist, an energy healer, a doctor, whether medical, naturopathic, doesn't matter. Whoever that person is, they're helping facilitate a connection where we can expand beyond maybe what we thought was possible. So they're helping us to expand and have realizations about our own nature that we may have missed before. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, when I sit a patient, and I'm sure you have the same experience, my job is to hold them in love, obviously, first and foremost, because love is the healer, and help them understand what a beautiful and perfect being they are. Because sometimes we don't feel that way, Exactly, right? especially we, we, when we life has
0: hit you, yeah.
1: Yeah, we literally need someone to hold that space for us. So there are many ways to do that. Going and seeking help from an individual, having nourishing community, you know, what we call in some traditions a sangha, like in spiritual practice, they Thich Nhat Han, the late Thich Han. many of you may know him, a beautiful Buddhist teacher, social activist, recently passed away, brilliant light. He was fond of saying something similar to, You know, a person without a Sangha is like a drop of water in the desert, okay? What does that mean? Because we're all interconnected, we help feed each other. We literally feed each other's biofields, our minds, our emotions, so that we can support each other. And so in this time where we're so deeply affected by global events, you know, today we've just learned, for example, that there's an invasion in the Ukraine, And we're all feeling that reverberation. There's no way we won't feel it. Emotional connection is very real, but it's very real on the flip side, too. So when we come together in support, and biofield science supports this, right? But it supports this. There's a data behind this. When we come together in that nurturing support, we can kind of help step out of any tapes that have been looping in our mind body about what's possible and who we are into something greater than we could have ever imagined. And so when we open to that larger possibility in collective practice, in being a trusted facilitator, then we can open to larger amounts of healing. That's not like the secret. And I'm glad you named that. You know, I have a lot of friends who really are are struggling with this whole thing. I can put myself into anything
0: In the spirit of Mental Health Month, I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite products for relieving stress and anxiety, Ned's De-Stress Blend. One of the most important things you can do is invest in yourself. And one way I love to do this is by using Ned's De-Stress Blend every day, which helps me better manage my stress and enjoy life more. This De-Stress Blend is a USDA certified organic formula that puts the spotlight on two powerful cannabinoids, CBG, which is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And of course, needs tried and true CBD, extracted from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp in the foothills of the Colorado Rockies. This blend is also featuring botanical infusions of ashwagandha, which is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress, and cardamom and cinnamon, which makes the de-stress blend taste amazing. Cinnamon is also a powerful prebiotic, which is great for gut health a key player in your mental health, while cardamom helps combat stress by supporting healthy blood pressure and cortisol levels. I love that all NEDS products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. They are chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum of active cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, and trichomes. In fact, NEDS full-spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. Plus, Ned shares third party lab reports who farms their products and the extraction process, all rights there on their site. No wonder Ned's CBD products have over 2,000 five star reviews. So, invest in yourself this May and fortify your stress response this month by getting 15% off Ned's de-stress Blend with the code Dr. Leaf at checkout. Go to hello.ned.com. Forward slash Dr. Leaf or enter the code Dr. Leaf at checkout. That's H E L L O N E D dot com slash Dr. Leaf to get 15% off. The link and details will be in the show notes. I get asked this question so much. That's why I bring it up and I discuss it a lot, this kind of thing, so people understand, you know, you and I are not just saying, think a positive thought and the cancer is going to go, or think a positive thought and, you know, the Ukrainian Russian war is going to just stop. You know, this is the, it's not like that. And it's not like the Ukrainians attracted that to themselves. You know, there's a lot of misunderstanding and misinterpretation around that. So I always think it's important to discuss it. And and please go ahead. Thank you. You're doing a beautiful job, by the way.
1: Yeah, no problem. So we are moving from spiritual materialism and spiritual bypassing to true spiritual activism, right? What does that mean? First and foremost, it starts with me and understanding that I am part of the whole. I'm a beautiful and unique person, just like everyone else, and I have a role to play. And my unique gifts help to bring joy and light into the world, okay? Even if I don't feel this way now, by the way, this is, you know, sort of an aside, but very important, and I teach this too, and it's in my book, creativity is really a key for us to unlocking this, okay, moving spiritual activism and, and whole person health. But what this means is that when we work with community, we begin to open our minds and hold space to actually allow for any subconscious blocks, any, anything that we've been holding on to that might be getting in our way of personal and collective healing to actually witness it in a way that you know we can actually witness it, understand it, hold it, clarify it, and heal it. That's very different from saying, oh, I'm just going to think good thoughts and my cancer is going to go away. Yes, you want to hold a reservoir of positivity for what is possible for yourself. And in holding that reservoir of possibility and in that love for yourself, right, ultimately huge for, for cancer patients and all patients, all of us, when we hold that love, then we allow for any stuckness in the field, if we talk from that, you know, from that perspective, to release itself. So we still have to do that. There's still a process that happens. And it takes
0: time. It's not instant either. There's a time frame involved. You're not going to do this once. Mm-hmm. And for one 15-minute session, and then there's suddenly a change or say it once or twice, this is a lifestyle that you're talking about. We're talking about life, a lifestyle shift in yeah, how it, we run fun. things.
1: I will own that shifts can happen very quickly. And we learn the lesson, as you say, to maintain that, you know, that's yes. Sustainability. You know? My good friend Anita Morjani, who I'll be doing some co-teaching with later this year, has written a beautiful book, maybe some people are familiar with it, called Dying to Be Me. And it was an extraordinary experience that she had where, you know, she experienced this full remission from cancer again, you know. And for her, it was a very dramatic thing. But true, it doesn't always happen like that for all of us. The timing is what it is. The timing is perfect for where we are in our own learning. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: So this is, so you had also asked a little bit about, you know, I think the biofield and its role in here. And if you don't mind, maybe we can go ahead. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. A little bit, because, you know, I'm talking in these generalities that sound like, oh, that's really nice. And those are nice words. But like, is there real data behind this? Okay. Mm -hmm. Our energetic aspect of our being and what role does that play on our health? So I was very interested in this question. I have been interested in it for decades. And one of the reasons why I chose to study energy or biofield healing is because it really gets at these questions of what about the role of ourselves as energetic and spiritual beings beyond the physical, beyond just doing yoga asanas or, you know, stretching exercises or cognitive effects of meditation, you know, is there something else here to the healing process that people are talking about anecdotally How do we explore that? How do we study it? And at the same time, I was aware of all of these energy healers that were saying, you know, we're we're seeing these profound experiences in patients, but, you know, there's very little study on it, you know, relatively speaking. So I've conducted my own, for example, randomized controlled trials. We were talking about cancer. Many of us listening in and joining us here in the conversation know either from firsthand or secondhand experience that Cancer affects pretty much all of us in one way or another, either from a loved one or ourselves personally. And the number one complaint among cancer patients and survivors is fatigue. And modern medicine still doesn't have a solution for this. So when I announced that I was doing a study on laying on of hands or an energy healing approach for cancer-related fatigue for breast cancer survivors, I had calls from patients across the country that, first of all, just called to say, Thank you for studying this because my doctor doesn't know what to do. I've told him that I've been completely wiped out. It's years after my cancer. I've been through radiation, chemo. I've been through all of this. I went through surgery. I'm taking tamoxifen. They don't know what to do for me except give me an antidepressant because they don't know what else to do. So from the holistic point of view, and we go back to those indigenous understandings of healing and the role of vital energy or the biofield, and we ask those practitioners, what's going on?
0: What's going on? Mm -hmm.
1: They will say, well, they've been through a lot, the diagnosis, the treatment, you know, a lot that happened in their lives. Our vital energy stores are depleted. Some people will describe it as bone marrow chi in the body. Literally, like the vital energy is depleted. So they need a boost before they can go out and do things like exercise or engage in meditation. You know, I had a lot of survivors that said, hey, I, I was really healthy before this. You know, I exercised every day. I had a lot of energy. So, But they're so exhausted, they can't even get to the place where they can exercise anymore. So what do we do? So we did this trial, and because I was so curious about placebo effects, I said, well, is anything really just a placebo? Let's study this. So I did a randomized placebo-controlled trial. It's published in the journal Cancer, widely read by oncologists. You can find it there. What we found in a nutshell with this three-group randomized controlled trial where we gave, you know, those who received healing in the healing group got healing for four weeks only, two sessions a week. And what we found is when we compared them with people who only received what we call touch alone, and that's what we told the patients it was, we said, you're going to receive either energy healing or touch alone. Both have been found to be beneficial because touch has beneficial effects, but we're not going to tell you which group you're in, you know, until, well, for those who received touch alone, they saw some benefit of fatigue. They dropped down to levels of what we would expect for breast cancer patients going through chemotherapy. What does this mean? Natural healing elements like rest, positive therapeutic interaction, being touched, being in a a positive environment, those had some effect, right? They were taking time to rest, be touched, and, you know, and and feel like they were in a positive therapeutic encounter. We actually measured all of this. So, you you know, we saw those effects. But the women who received the energy healing, first of all, had profound and significant decreases in their fatigue down to what you would expect for a normal person walking down the street. We're talking about a massive clinical effect size as well as a statistically significant effect. And very curiously, their rhythms of cortisol shifted throughout the intervention. So cortisol variability or the rhythm of cortisol in the day is important for all of us for What we know about in breast cancer is that dysregulated rhythms of cortisol in the day are linked to fatigue, depression, and in one study have been linked to mortality in breast cancer patients. So we thought this is an important biomarker. Let's look and see what's going on with the cortisol rhythms. And I put in, Caroline, every single variable I could think of to explain away these results, every placebo variable, because we measured things like positive therapy action, you know, above and beyond just being in a placebo group. I looked at body mass index. I looked at chemotherapy status, anything that could be connected with cortisol variability. I could not explain away these results. There was something about the energy that was unique in affecting this. But my study is not the only one. My colleague, Susan Lukendorf, found a similar thing where she compared healing touch with comprehensive relaxation or usual care for ovarian cancer and cervical cancer patients going through radiation. So they're actively going through radiation, all of them. And so for some of these patients also received healing touch on top of that. Some received relaxation training on top of that, and some just went with usual care. And again, she found decreases in depression for those receiving healing touch compared to the other groups and a maintenance of natural cell, killer cell cytotoxicity, or essentially a maintenance in a particular aspect of the immune system as patients were going through radiation. Now, normally when we go through chemo radiation, that marker would decrease, kind of reflecting an overall, you know, kind of suppression of the immune system that can happen. In this case, they were able to maintain that immunity. But, you know, and just very briefly, I do want to share, and I I cover all of this in the book with all peer-reviewed references, because part of this is the story of the researchers that are conducting this groundbreaking work with very little support from the National Institutes of Health and other places. Our colleagues now at Harvard, University of Connecticut, and MD Anderson Cancer Center have demonstrated in cellular and animal data, so now we're not working with people at all, These are controlled studies using the same protocols you would if you were looking at a drug, that energy healing compared to carefully controlled mock conditions is affecting cell proliferation, decreasing, for example, cell proliferation in cancerous cells, all the way down to protein kinase signaling. In animal models of cancer, we're seeing decreases in tumor size, decreases in tumor metastasis, all the way down to reductions in inflammatory cytokines, cell subsets, and protein kinase signaling. So this is saying that energy, our energy, the effects of an energy healer, and it's shifting things all the way down to the physiological level. So, you know, from a science point of view, we're all salivating, how is this happening? This is amazing. But from a clinical, practical standpoint, what it means is, our energy matters.
0: If we want to be healthier mentally and physically, One of the best things we can possibly do is get several hours of quality sleep every night. The brain and body heal itself when we sleep. It really is one of the most amazing processes, even if you're not conscious when it happens. But I know it's hard to get good quality sleep sometimes. Your mind keeps you awake, life is stressful, and there are often a hundred anxious reasons why you can't fall asleep at night. Thankfully, there are also ways we can improve our sleep quality and overall health, including taking magnesium. Believe it or not, around 75% of people don't have enough magnesium. No wonder so many people have sleep problems. But please do not run to the store to buy the first magnesium supplement you find. Most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms. And since they're not full spectrum, they won't support better sleeping habits. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium. And you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bio-Optimizers. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed at how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to www.magbreakthrough.com forward slash LEAF and use Dr. LEAF 10 during checkout to save 10% on your order. The link and details will be in the show notes. Absolutely, and I cannot agree with you more. Some of the research clinical trials I've done, we've seen such major changes right down to the level of the telomeres as well through just being able to manage your mind, so that's changed. You know, basically, that's managing the biofield for yourself. You know, where people have literally gained like thirty-five years of health biologically in a nine-week cycle. So, I mean, I know totally, and I read these studies all the time. That's why I'm. That's why I wanted to interview you because this is very, this is science. This is not anything weird. So, quickly, we don't have much more time, and I just and it's, I could talk to you all day. I mean, you and know, I could just unpack all these studies. It's just so incredibly fascinating. But very quickly, you grew up in a in a southern car in South Carolina in the very religious environment i also grew up in a religious environment and i know when some of these words that that you and i both are using in our in our in our describing the data and also describing so-called sort of biofields and words that people are not that maybe comfortable with Mm -hmm. you've obviously had conversations now i always explain to people that this is all just different different words different language for the same concept which is this godness this loveness this 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 perfectness that is at our core of our being our humanity and then life happens to us but we can edit that by tapping into this and the research that you're doing and that i do is showing that this is the truth and thousands of other scientists that are doing this incredible research so just very quickly can you maybe just help just sort of talk a little bit more about how did you when you, you must have been challenged by the religious environment about, oh, this is new age or this is this. And meanwhile, that's not, it's it's not, we we, we know it's not. But just to make people understand this a little bit more, that this is the same thing, but it's different language for this beautiful concept of godness, loveness, the biofield energy, this what's inside of us that we can tap into for healing energy, etc. These are not woo-woo things. These are not weird things. This is hardcore, good scientific, spiritual stuff.
1: Absolutely. And, and I, I draw a lot of parallels between the different traditions and essentially the core of this, all of it, which is the, the findings in the biofield science and these healing approaches are ultimately leading us back to the power of our spiritual connection. However we define that, however we experience the nature of God, spirit, Oneness, nature, our higher self, our existential self, so many ways that it's been described and it's open and available to all of us, whether we believe in Christianity, Islam, even if we're atheist, right? However, we experience this sense of self beyond our conditioned mind body, this greater totality of who we are. When we tap into that experience, the healing is immense. And so, you know, as we to sort of explore the nature of this on the energetic level, we've explored our chemical nature. We're ex- we've explored our physical nature. We've explored our mental nature. Now we're exploring our energetic nature. This is, you know, available to all of us. And it doesn't, honestly, from my perspective, it doesn't stop with the energetic. Everything is, again, pointing to the nature of our deep inner connection. And when we connect with, you know, however we experience this, Christianity, for example, you know, I just, I have such an appreciation for my true, deep Christian friends. And my healing teacher actually comes from a Christian tradition. They understand the nature of interconnection. Of inner connection. Why, Yeah, that deep spiritual do connection. Do, right? Yeah. So we don't have to push our beliefs onto anyone. I'm not here to be a biofield proselytizer, you know. No, no
0: it's, but you're talking about a general principle that's applying yeah. across the board. That's what both you and I are talking about. So it's not a religion. It's not a new way of thinking. You, basically yeah. this discussion is explaining the reality it's explaining and it can be that it, it, it's in every it's in every person every culture every belief system so you bring in a common science science brings a very beautiful common language to the table to be able to understand these incredible miracles and this deep inner connection and this wise mind and as you say all the different terms that we can give it so that that's beautiful okay I'd love to just land the plane by I know people are thinking in the second half of your book there's some tips on Practical application, and it would be lovely if you could just for a few minutes speak about that to encourage people to understand that this is scientific, this is spiritual, but there's, there's things you can actually do to help yourself.
1: Absolutely. And in the healing keys, which is the third part of the book, I draw from both spiritual practices and science practices based on clinical psychology, behavioral medicine and meditation research and things like that. So these are evidence informed practices that are informed by both ancient practices and what we know from the science And there, I'll just articulate the keys. I teach a lot, you know, doing a lot of live and online events, teaching these healing keys so people can tap in that way or just tune into the book. There's also an audio book where I do some meditations, you know, kind of an audio too. Mm -hmm. So the first healing key is what I call grounding. And that's literally coming into our bodies in physical presence bringing ourselves into our bodies, mind, body, spirit, and connecting with the earth. There's a lot of research behind that, which of course we didn't get time to touch into today because there's just so much beauty. I know
0: there's so much we'll have to do part two.
1: (laughs) So grounding is one. The second, I would say is very important for our times, and I know you will appreciate as a fellow clinical psychologist, which is flowing with our emotions Understanding and recognizing our emotional states, working skillfully with our emotions and there are ways to do this using the breath and sound so that we can tune into discomfort in the body and allow it to move and learn from it. So flowing with emotions and part two to that is when we start learning to flow with emotions and flow with the energy of emotions, we begin to tap more deeply into our creativity. I cannot stress creativity enough as an incredible healer. And anyone listening to this, if you didn't think you were creative, you're wrong. (laughs) By nature of your being alive, you are a creative being. I'm very strong on this. So I teach people how
0: to kind of... I agree with you. Love it.
1: Yeah. So creativity leads us to a stronger sense of authenticity, which we know is healing and a key aspect for our well-being. Then there is fostering positive healing intentions, which is beyond what we call the secret. It's beyond that. Okay? It's beyond, beyond the- positive affirmations as well. Yes, it's, it is. Exactly. It is about uniting the mental and vital forces. This is what all of the traditions would talk about. It's uniting literally our mind, body, and energy so that we can understand what our healing desires are first and foremost, and acknowledge them, accept what those healing desires are. That's a part of it. And understand what it is that we're envisioning for ourselves. So that's part of fostering healing intention. We then move, literally this is a whole body experience. So we move toward the heart center and we begin to ask for healing support. Support is huge. Support and connection is our biggest healer. And so there are many ways that we can do this. And I offer guided meditations. I have a a free meditation on Insight Timer and also on YouTube called the Heart's Guidance Meditation that can really help us with this. So opening to guidance, opening to support both, you know, here and spiritually with our community and with our spiritual connections is key for this. And then, you know, probably the most important healing key is surrender. And so this is where we, you know, it's a little bit different from the secret. This isn't about, we will let go of the conditioned mind. We let go of all of our desires. We let go of all of it. We ask for support and then we release it. We actually allow this to go. And and sometimes that means we may make sacrifices, for example, shifts in our diet, things that we need to do that are going to help augment our healing path, right? But the surrender process is key because then we really open to the field of possibilities for healing that we may not have even imagined. And healing comes to us, you know, maybe in a way we didn't even expect, but is even better than what we thought it was, right? So we have to have that letting go process. So this is a beautiful process that as we begin to just engage in, we find that it's happening for us every day. It becomes kind of an effortless thing that happens for us, kind of keep us on our path of, of healing and whole person health. So that's it in a nutshell and and really simple practices. You don't have to have an adept knowledge to do these things. You know, it just takes a little bit of time and effort and, you know, and believing in yourself to be able to say, I'm going to take 10, 20
0: minutes a day and begin my journey. Fantastic. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And where can people find out more about you?
1: You bet. So a few things to know. I also run a nonprofit collaborative called the Consciousness and Healing Initiative, where we facilitate healing webinars with leaders in the science and practice of healing. So the easiest way to get connected in with that is simply to go to webinarsonhealing.com. So webinarsonhealing.com will take you to the webinars page of our nonprofit, the Consciousness and Healing Initiative. So while you're there, you can kind of dig in. It's super fun. We have a lot of things going on always. And also you can go to healingourselvesbook.com healingourselvesbook.com will take you to the book page of my website where you'll learn more about the book and get free bonuses including audio meditations and a whole ebook on biofilled devices the evidence behind them and how to choose a device if you need one and that'll also take you to my website where i have tons of resources free resources for you as fantastic. well fantastic
0: Well, thank you so much we'll put those link in the show those links in the show notes and thank you this has been a wonderful discussion and very enlightening and I know people have been really encouraged by your message so thank you for your fantastic work and keep going it's amazing and I hope to connect again sometime
1: absolutely Caroline thank you it's a pleasure and thank you everyone for listening
0: I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful if you want more tips and help with managing anxiety depression and mental health be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned.